Golf's no different from hockey. Requires talent, self-discipline. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You should talk to my neighbor, the accountant, probably a great golfer, huge ass. How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai. And you're listening to Quiet, Please. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hiya, boys. Nice day for golf, eh? Quiet, please. Oh, you got secrets, eh? Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the... Hey, you guys. Hey, we're trying to have a podcast over here. And welcome to another edition of Quiet, Please, the golf podcast. I am Alan DePue. And as always, we are joined by our panel... And we have a special guest. I'll let uh, Christian say uh, introduce him in just a moment. But joining me to my right, Andy Hydorn. Welcome, Andy. Good to see you, sir. You're right. Boston Bob, now effectively known as Bourbon Bob because he's living in Kentucky. Bob Baldessari. Cheers and cheers. And the prettiest podcaster in golf, Christian Nazamus. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm really, really appreciate the introduction. You, you you have a connection here, special guest. Really excited to have uh, on the show. So I, I defer to you, sir. Yeah, uh, special guest tonight. I I think we pl- we played in a couple tournaments when we were like way ahead of you way back in the day. I I know for a fact that he definitely kicked my ass moving forward. I mean, it wasn't even a competition. But no, we have uh, pleased to announce PGA Tour rookie uh, Kevin Roy joining the show this evening. What's going on, thanks, guys? Thanks for, for me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Kevin, welcome, welcome. So you're so, uh, we, before we hit record, you're down in the Tampa area, uh, expecting your first child. Congrats uh, in advance. Uh, if if you fade off at some point, we understand. If you need to slide <laughs> off the podcast, we get it. We've all been there. Well, Christian, maybe not yet. But <laughs> so. that would be news. That would be news to me. So. <laughs> But uh, obviously the topic at hand, everybody is, and, and love to get your insight, whether you're you're uh, as a fan like us or just your banter with the other guys uh, out on tour, L.A., what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess with the first thing that comes to my mind, I, I mean, I wasn't a really big fan of it, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm a big golf guy, so if I'm not playing in the tournament, I'm certainly watching it. Um, I don't know. I, it just didn't, it just didn't seem like a U.S. open to me, to be honest with you, just from, uh, you know, there didn't seem like there was many spectators out there. It wasn't a lot of roars. Um, you know, it didn't look like, obviously the scores were low. Um, you know, I'm surprised the USGA tried, didn't try to like make it much harder after seeing two sixty twos in the first day. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I just got the vibe that it, it just didn't seem like a, a U.S. Open course. I mean, John Rahm said it today in his presser at the Travelers. I mean, he he likes a tough test, and I think that's what the USGA is all about, and that's what they're known for is you know hard golf courses. Um, so I mean, I personally, I mean, I enjoyed watching it. I thought the finish was was uh, you know pretty good. I, I would have loved to see Ricky kind of um, you know hang in there you know down the stretch, but it's good to see him playing some good golf. But um, you know, I don't know. I, when I think of U.S. Opens, I, I kind of want to see the winner right around even par. Andy, I couldn't agree more. That's how I am. I love it. Andy, like, as, a guy yeah. that, as a guy that's playing a lot of USGA events, Andy, what, I mean, is that what you're hearing? That what, That's your opinion? or? Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I thought it was interesting that that, you know, the first round – there were all those low scores and then the final winning score ended up being just a couple more under from there. Um, but it, it definitely didn't have the feel uh, of a U.S. Open. And, and as much as I, I loved Oak Hill, how it played out and how it looked and, you know, everything about Oak Hill as a venue, it just felt like it was missing. And I think a lot of it has to do with the the lack of people there, you know. Yeah, I mean, there, there was just not enough people there. That, that was the first thing I noticed, to be honest with you. I mean, I and and obviously, sorry, going going over all over social media. Um, you know, I, it just seemed like the members 
of the LACC wanted to basically kind of dominate the show and just kind of, you know, be like, Oh, this is our course. And and, and we're going to be the only ones here watching. And, you know, they, they were talking about that, you know, little private suite right behind the first tee that was immediately purchased by all the members just so they could be there right on the first tee. I, I don't know. I just, it just didn't, you know, I didn't, I even really talked to many, many of my buddies that were, uh, that did play. Um, but I just, it just kind of felt like a, like a, it just didn't seem like a U.S. Open. It just, you know, when, you know, people were making, you know, some runs or making a lot of birdies, this and that. I mean, just, you just don't get those roars like you usually do in them. Yep. But even Sunday, what Tommy Fleetwood was, I think, nine under through 14 or something yeah. like that. And like, it looked like a normal Thursday morning at like an, just a normal event. Yeah. I, right. I agree with what you both said. It doesn't even feel like a U.S. Open. And, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, if there's two tournaments in the year that really play like tour players, like as what we call them, like struggle in quotes, it should be an open. It should be the well, U.S. Open. It should be the open, too. You know, 100 percent. And couldn't, couldn't I love. Yeah. More. So not that we like seeing you guys struggle on tour, you know, but like every now and then it's like, yeah, the U.S. Open, for I, example. It's just what it's, they're known for, you know? I yeah. Mean, it's I don't know. It's just, you know, and then, you know, how they talked about how wide the fairways were and you know, obviously it was a little bit penalizing if you, uh, you know, did miss the fairway, but I mean, these guys were shooting pretty darn good scores while missing fairway. So I, I, mean, I, I, um, I don't know, I don't but know. Win, just, win, win was ball off at of 18, that thing banked right hard. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I mean, that, that, I mean, you know, not to knock Wyndham or anything, obviously he played unbelievable and it's awesome to see him win, but like any other golf course in previous years at us open, that ball is, well off the fairway right yeah easily i think how how long is how big is that uh fairway anyways was it like 58 it's, yards 60 it yards it was like almost yeah, 60 yards wide on 18 yeah, yeah. so I mean, yeah and again not to not to take anything away from him i mean he he held off arguably with the best player in, in the world right now and no doubt yeah no doubt I, he played yeah. unbelievable coming down the stretch i mean even those couple bogeys but it's just, you know, it, it was kind of funny. I saw a tweet, something about how, remember when uh, Phil Mickelson blew it way right on uh, when he was about to win one? Someone tweeted something about that. You know, it was like, you know, the same exact shot, but one one ends up in a loss, the other one wins. Yeah, wing foot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Bobby, I, I heard him calling it the corporate open. I think that's what Dan Rappaport uh, tweeted. Did he? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, to Kevin's yeah. point, there was, yeah, it was a ton of corporate um definitely i mean wh- whoever was there from la was the la vibe the laid back thing too so you know it's not an east coast um type of event i was just curious kevin you know thanks again for being with us tonight um have you do you know windham and all um have you played with them and also when you watch the u.s open when you watch if you happen to be home are you like some amateur golfers that might see a shot or see somebody play a hole and, and learn from that um, I don't really know Wyndham too well. I, I, I think I've, I've met him maybe once or twice. Um, haven't played with him yet. Um, but I've heard nothing but amazing things from him. A really, a really, really nice guy, stand up guy. Um, obviously, you know, in his pressures and everything, he really sounds like a really good dude. So, um, I, uh, not, I mean, depends on, I don't know, not, not too much this past event. I was just kind of, you know, just watching just to watch, um, you know, we had a lot of, you know, I haven't been home in a while, so it was nice to be home and kind of sit around. But, you know, it's still kind of busy here with, uh, you know, Annie being, uh, you know, very pregnant. So um, t- to answer your last question, no, I, di- I didn't really kind of analyze it too much. Just I was just kind of watching and, and, you know, just enjoying it, really. That's I, awesome. I, I, I saw one. I, I obviously follow a bunch of the guys on Twitter. Uh, Michael Kim, after the very first round, uh, I can't remember the specifics, but. <laughs> He gave a bunch of observations, wide fairways, all the number of things we already touched on. He predicted eight and a half over under was gonna was gonna be the uh, winning score. I mean, do you guys have that sense for the most part? Yeah, I mean, one, after day one. Yeah, I would say yes. I mean, you know, you, you know, I, we kind of predicted pretty well up at the Canadian Open this year. It was, it was a shorter course, but it was super narrow, and the rough was like, I mean it blew LACC's rough out of the water. I mean, you actually had to chip out if you were in this rough, like you could be an inch off the fairway and you're hitting it an inch back into the fairway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can kind of get an idea of what, what you think the score will be or what the cut might be. Um, 
you know, we were pretty spot on in Canada. I mean, we guessed, I think it was an even cut. We were guessing one over or even for it, which is, you know, a pretty high cut for a regular tour event, but it was just, uh, I mean, you literally couldn't, couldn't miss a fairway. It was, um, and they're pretty narrow, narrow fairway. So it was, it was a pretty, uh, that was, that was for me, it was the first time I've ever played in rough, like that crazy that you have to just hit like a 58 degree wedge back out. I guess. What, the, what, the, oh, go ahead, Andy. Sorry, Christian. I was just going to say, what do you think about that, Kevin? I mean, because, you know, at the end of the day, people bitch about, you know, the ball going too far and scores being too low and this and that. And, you know, a lot of people love to throw out, well, they should have crazy rough everywhere. And I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, I mean, I think it, it, it's a pretty easy thing to say that if, if you want to see guys struggle, I mean, it's all you got to do. I mean, if you grow the rough up, people are going to struggle. I mean, it's, yeah. it's very simple. I mean, you know, I mean, Canada, like I said, Canada was a perfect example. I mean, this rough was, was gnarly. It was crazy and guys struggled. And I mean, if they want, if, you know, I know, you know, a lot of viewers like making, you know, watching guys make birdies, you know, it's fun. But um, I mean, I personally, I'd rather play golf courses that it, you know, it kind of takes, you know, a putting contest out of it. You know, it brings into the ball strikers and, and um, you know, hitting fairways and hitting greens and, and, you know, making a lot of pars. Uh, I kind of, I like that golf. That golf's fun to me, but, you know, three and a half years on the corn ferry, we, we learned pretty quickly that you have to shoot a lot of 66s and 65s, especially out on that tour. So um I don't know. I, I, I just love, I love a good test. I feel like it just brings out the best of my game. I just think it's, you know, I think it's, it's, it, it's nice getting rewarded for like a 68, like a hard fought 68 rather than shooting a 68 and, and moving down 10 spots. Yep. That's a good, that's a good point. I have a, I have a two, well, it's kind of a two part question, I guess. What is the biggest or what has been the biggest challenge from the corn ferry to the PGA so far? And then two, it's kind of a different question to it, but what are your, like looking ahead to the rest of the season? I know we talked briefly, you got, you're going to be on the road for the next five weeks. Really it's like, what are, what are like your goals for like the rest of the year? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I've learned is um, a couple of things. I mean, time management out on the PGA tour is it's crazy. I mean, we have uh, these things called the sponsor value things, uh, sponsor value programs. So I think we got to do eight or nine of them a week uh, or, a, yeah, or a year. Sorry. Um, and they're fun. Some of them, they're like clinics where you go, uh, you know, I've gone to a children's hospital and hang out with some kids and, and go to a, you know, a school and do a Q&A with some kids. Those are fun. But like a corn fairy, you didn't have to do that. So you got to kind of, you know, you know, time your, uh, you know, practice schedules and uh, practice rounds a, a little bit better. But um, and then I, I've learned, unfortunately, the hard way so far is the PGA Tour, you got to hit a lot of middle of the greens. Um you can't attack the pins as much as you can on the corn Ferry tour. Um, just because if you, if you short side yourself on the PGA tour, I mean, you got to hit an unbelievable chip basically to get it up and down. Um, and on the corn Ferry tour, if you short side yourself, you know, you can, you can still manage a par. Um, so I've kind of learned that the hard way. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, got aggressive a little bit, <laughs> was attacking some pins and, and it probably shouldn't have been, but the, yeah, Make pars are, are very good on the PGA tour. What I've what I've come to learn for sure. Um, what was your other question? Sorry, just uh, just like looking ahead for the rest. Of the oh, season, looking ahead, like, yeah, like, goals. yeah just um, like goals. Yeah, I mean to be honest with you, I I feel like my game's in a good spot. I know my results haven't really been been showing it. Um, I'm 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 playing good golf. I'm just kind of you know I'm I'm making a lot of bogeys, which you know the second half of the Corn Ferry tour, I I wasn't doing that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's still a learning process, but I feel I'm, I'm getting more and more comfortable out there and, and, um, you know, I just want to go out and, and, you know, play some good golf, have some fun doing it. Um, you know, sneak in some, some good finishes and, and see if I can, uh, squeeze, you know, squeeze into this 125 to, uh, you know, be able to keep playing. Hey, Kevin, yeah, I got right. no doubt. I was going to ask you, yeah, I was going to ask a question about the, but Christian kind of hit it. It's like it's such a fine line. When I talk to the amateur golfers at our clubs over the years, the fine line between, hey, you're a really good college player to making it as a professional to even, you know, what Alan and I've done or, or Brennan as a PGA club pro, you know, that degree of playing pretty good. But then 
the Corn Ferry and then the PGA Tour. I mean, it's just, it's fine lines and people don't realize how fine a line it is. I'm from Boston. It's a wicked fine line. <laughs> um, you know, I'm kind of following up on that. Uh, you know, what, what, what has helped you navigate going up those different steps to make it on the PGA Tour? And um, is it, a, you know, a lot of people talk about a mindset. And sometimes it's, you got all the physical tools, but as Bobby Jones said, it's six inches between your ears. Right. Yeah. Um, no doubt. I mean, I think one of the biggest things my dad's ever told me, and, and I still, I have it written down in my yardage book every, every week I can see it is value par. Um, I think, I think people don't realize like, you know, pars like your best friend. I mean, like if you make a bunch of pars, you're going to end up shooting a lot of good scores. Um, that, and he also told me to fall in love with a wedge and a putter. Um, and that I think is the biggest fine line between very good college players and then taking it to the next level. I think, I mean, you see these guys, I mean, they, they hit it really close when they have a wedge in their hand, they're making their, I mean, this, the stat that still absolutely blows my mind is these guys that are like 30 for 30 from inside, like eight feet. Like that's just that that's crazy. I mean, you could have a four footer that breaks a foot, you know, and these guys are always. So being able to putt and chip and, and, and hitting your wedges close, um, you know, knowing you're 150 yards and in and, and, you know, hitting them pit high. Um, I think that's, I think that's the biggest fine line between like a really good, you know, D one player and then, you know, taking it to the next level. So, yeah. so Kevin, I, uh, I can only imagine there are nights where you wake up and you're panicking about your first rookie year flying by too fast. Right. And uh, I, I can only imagine that that's, that's something that goes through your mind. But one of the things that, that interests me is how big of an issue or an advantage is familiarity with the venues, like being able to go back to a place and, and you did it on the corn ferry, you know, you were, you were there for a few years and it's like how big of an advantage it is to, to go back to a place you've been before. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a very, a very big advantage, especially at a place that you've played well at before. Um, you know, obviously I, uh, other than maybe two courses so far on the PGA tour, I've never played. So, um, you know, I, I've been trying to play in a lot of the Monday pro-ams um, out there. Um, I think it's just, you know, cause, cause I, I'm not playing, I don't, in our category, we don't play the Wednesday pro-am. So the course is basically closed Wednesday. So I've been, if I can get to the course by Monday, I'll do it. Um, even if it costs an extra couple of dollars, I'll, I'll get there. So I can, I, I get to play all 18 holes on Monday, see the course. Um, and that definitely has helped, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it, I mean, I thought it was a huge advantage, especially last year on the corn ferry tour, knowing um, all the courses. Um, I think it helps a lot to, be more rested because I can take a little bit more time off on like a Monday or even, you know, a Tuesday because I've already played the course. So, you know, I, I was usually like last year on the corn ferry, I was, I might play nine holes and then nine holes in the, in the pro-am and, and that's it just because I've already seen the course. So kind of to follow up on something you had mentioned, um, Kevin is as a season, I was, I was looking at your, uh, your, your stats, obviously you had great success down in Mexico. Um, I think that was your best uh, best finish so far this year. What yep. was different about that than some of the earlier ones? Was it just the, the and by the way, Andy's Mr. Venue. Andy's all about it's about the venue, <laughs> about the venue. That's that's and he's right. But it was the, the venue just set up to your eye better. Yeah, I mean, I I um, I I like the golf course right off the bat. It, it did suit my eye pretty well. Um, that was. Uh, I just felt really comfortable that week for some reason. I, I, um, I actually, I actually put a new driver in play, uh, that beginning of that week and drove it just great, um, the entire week. And I don't know. I, I mean, I finished T18 there with, I think a double, a triple and two bogeys. So, um, I definitely had the putter going that week. Um, it was just, I, I kind of felt like it was, it was corn ferry second half of corn ferry all over again. I was, I just taking advantage of the par fives. Um, I took advantage of the short par fours and I was trying to make pars on the hard par fours. And, you know, obviously I, I screwed up a couple of them, but, um, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I just felt comfortable there. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I drove it well and putted it well. And, you know, obviously that, uh, that leads to some pretty good tournaments. 
Yeah, I actually watched that tournament um, a lot actually that week. So when I when I tell you right now, like back home here in Syracuse, like I'm a member at Beaver Meadows. Like there are guys literally at Beaver that are like like asking the bartenders behind to like put you on the TV. True story, literally, because like everybody here is just rooting for you to do well, and we all know that like your time's coming and you're knocking on the door and. You know, I, I we just all know that, like, you know, you're either going to you're just going to win one this year or you're going to win one very soon. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I uh, you know, I I definitely I started talking to a mental guy and, um, you know, trying to get trying to get the mind in the right place. And it's been it's been good. And you know, I'm playing some really good golf here at home. And, you know, just, uh, you know, obviously we all know that it's it's tough to take it from playing with friends to competition. But um, I, 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 I played good in Canada. I, I had a couple of couple silly mistakes but I, I really do feel like the game is trending in the right direction for sure what's all about confidence yeah uh you know is it all right to uh broach the subject on lib and what are you hearing <laughs> yes yes yeah. it, it, is, it is it is right <laughs> Bobby, I, wait a minute i gotta hit you with the quiet please no 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 you put that down well i you know i well, go ahead. I no, uh, it's all you, Bobby. You ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, you know, I uh, I've done a lot in the industry, and I know a lot of people. So I'm uh, I know people with LIV at high ranking, and um, I used to work for Dean Beeman, who used to run the tour, and we're trying to get Dean on the show and get his uh, perspective. And so there's just there's a lot of. I don't know. It's a lot of craziness out there. And um, one of my good friends is Kelly Elvin, whose dad was PGA of America president when the PGA and the tournament players, they split. Um, so there's a lot of history there. It's not, not the first time something sort of crazy has happened, but this is unique in, in its own way. But I don't know if, you know, your take on the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously we were all really caught off guard um, when we got the uh, – Tuesday morning text message uh, up in Canada. Um, I I personally don't think there's enough details out yet to to get to dive too into it. Um, do I agree with the decision? No, not really. Probably not. Um, I think uh, you know I went to the players' meeting and you know I would say ninety five percent of the guys in there were you know obviously caught off guard, felt betrayed, um, angry. Um, but I just don't think, I don't think we know enough details yet to kind of understand really what's going on. Um, I, I feel like, uh, Jay kind of, he might've jumped the gun pretty quick, obviously, since no one knew about it. Um, and there were some really good questions brought up in the meeting that, you know, made a ton of sense, you know, I'm, I'm like wondering like, why, why just jump right into the, uh, you know, with the PIF, like, you know, I'm sure there's a multiple corporations in, in America that would probably love to partner with the PGA tour that have, you know, a lot of money as well. Um, did you happen you know, to see, some, did you happen to see Tom Watson's letter? Did you read that? I saw, I, I was reading a little bit on the plane last night. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy time for in golf. There's no doubt about that. It's, uh, you know, I, I think, um, I don't know. I, th I think there's going to be a lot of unhappy people, you know, I mean, especially like guys in our, in my situation, you know, in the, in the, in the corn fairy category on the tour that, you know, it kind of feels like we're almost just going to get, you know, shoved to the side and not, not, uh, you know, basically, I mean, who knows? I mean, it feels like they're just trying to fill up the uh, top guys pockets. Um, and I hope that's not the case. I hope uh, I hope everyone gets treated fairly as the same. I, I mean, but I, I just don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, we haven't haven't heard a, a thing since that uh, since that meeting. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just as interested as, as all you guys for sure to see see what uh, see what see what's next. All right, Andy. I, <laughs> here, okay, here I go. It's my favorite <laughs> my favorite topic. Um, so I, re I read Tom Watson's letter and, and I think as, as eloquently as it was written, it's really the same story in the sense that he's frustrated that he doesn't really know what's going to happen. He doesn't right. know what the answers are. Um, and, and to me still, then the main 
cog in this whole thing is what is this new entity with the PIF and, and you know the PGA Tour? Like, again, the way I read it is the PGA Tour is going to be the PGA Tour. And then whatever this new entity is, you know, we don't know. And I don't think there's many people at this stage that know the answer to that question. And the answer to that question really is what makes people like in your shoes, Kevin, either say, oh, okay, I'm good with this. Or, oh, okay, I'm not good with this. But nobody knows yet, right? And I think there's right. people, you know, talking back and forth and making all these these crazy judgments about about what has happened already, where nothing's really happened yet. Nothing's happened, and 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 everyone. I mean, you heard all the guys at, at LACC talking about it. I mean, no one knows. I mean, everyone, yeah. even even the Rory. I mean, Rory was at Rory Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, and, and Tyrell Hatton all sat at a table in the player meeting, and not one of them said a word. Um, I know Fitzpatrick was very angry when he found out, uh, but even those guys, I mean, those guys are top 15 players in the world. Some of them are top five. I mean, <laughs> and they had no idea. I mean, Colin Morikawa tweeted, it, you know, this news waking up. I mean, in, in, in the tour is supposed to be a, a, a player's tour, you know, we're supposed, right. you know, the players are supposed to make the decisions. So then all <laughs> right. of a sudden we get this text message and, you know, so obviously everyone, you know, just feels betrayed and, and, you know, everyone's confused. It's, it's, it's a lot going on. It's, it's, and, and no one knows any answers. And, and, you know, I, and I don't even know if the higher ups, the guys who are making this decision, know any of the answers yet. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't, you know, right. I really wouldn't. And, and again, reserving judgment for what the actual outcome is, is probably what the doctor ordered at this point. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I know that, you know, the, they say the PGA tours are going to have, you know, first choice and everything, but I, I kind of have a feeling that, you know, when an investor puts a lot of money into something, they, they seem to start calling the shots. So I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it generally works that way, right, Bobby? Oh yeah. <laughs> but again, are, are they investing in the PGA tour or are they investing in this new entity? Well, they're not investing me, in the that's entity, the question. right? And that's, what's that? They're investing in the new entity, right? Right. So who which, knows if that gives them leverage with what the PGA Tour does? Which actually, that, that's, that part's, I, I won't ask Kevin to comment. That part's always question. The, the question about fines and these guys coming back, they're not coming back to the same tour. They're coming back to a new entity. But you touched on something, Kevin, that I didn't think of before, but look at look at like the NFL with what they did with Amazon this year. Can you imagine if Amazon Prime or a, or or a or a Twitter or a Facebook or somebody like that, if they were the money investors that tied in with 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 their social footprint of what they could they could do with the tour, it would be it'd be crazy. Right. Yeah. No. It'd be interesting. I I just think it kind of seems like like I said that. The, these guys just made this decision. They it's feel like they just woke up and be like, boom, all right, we're merging. Like they didn't even like try to go out. And, you know, obviously at the end of the day, this is a huge money thing. Like the tour clearly cannot keep up with the Saudi money. I mean, that's about as obviously, obvious yeah, as it gets, right? But like why, why all of a sudden like merge? Like why not like think about this for a second? Like why not, you know, because Mavic Neely, obviously, he was the one who came up with some really good questions. Oh, I, he's I, a very, I, very smart individual with his dad, obviously, a very successful businessman. He, he just kind of was like, why like, why, like, why, just jump right into it? Like, why not weigh our options? I mean, there's there's definitely other corporations that are in America that would love to partner with the PGA Tour. And, and I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I sit at the edge of my seat just as much as you guys. I can't wait to see what the next, the next thing that comes out of this. Kevin. All right, Kevin. Before, before before Christian says anything, hang on a second. Why well, got quiet? Please me. Well, quiet. You hear me? All right. Bobby, in another life, was he? He led the whole drive, chip, and putt at the PGA at PGA National, and he would he could tell you the long story about how he literally walked in. I'll tell tell it for him. He walked in and I handed this and said, "Hey, you got to you got to set up thirty venues that are in thirty days or something like six hundred and ten venues." There you go. <laughs> They're six months away, seven months away, and they got to set up the entire season for next year. That's a big undertaking. 
Yeah, sure is. Sure I think, is. you know, a lot, a lot of that thing Kevin had to do, I think lawsuits and both sides were probably freaking out as far as discovery and on that legal terminology. And uh, from what I know from my sources, <laughs> but, you know, but yeah, exactly the same thing. I'm a member of the PGA of America. We're supposed to be the 29,000 that we, we should have a say in how things go. And we don't. But right. you have a smaller PGA Tour Association, and I was shocked that this secretive covert stuff was going on, and you're not aware of it. It just it, it nothing about it seemed right, um, and for you to get caught off guard, I don't know that, that just that wouldn't sit well with me. There's a lot of things the PGA Market does that does not sit well with me, and yeah. you know, I, but. That's for another show. Come on back and we'll talk about that one. <laughs> All right. It was interesting. It was the weirdest, it was the weirdest Tuesday I've ever I've ever witnessed so far out there. I mean, everyone was quiet, everyone was just staring at their phones. Um obviously a lot of upset people, but it was uh it was definitely a different different feeling uh that Tuesday. Not many people were were too interested in, in you know grinding. I mean, there people I mean it it was brought up at the tournament at the players meeting that to boycott the tournament. Wow. To, to everyone wow. just not play. I was like, guys, yeah. I'm going to play. If you guys don't want to play, that's that's, that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I remember watching Wesley Bryan's like video. He was about to go Instagram live with it. And then yeah. I remember him sitting at the table and I'm just like, oh boy. Like that would have been, that would have been something if he actually did. But he could have sold that for some money. <laughs> yeah, right. Tell me yeah. about it. That's funny. But. All right, Christian, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I didn't have anything different to say from what all of you just said. I agree with Kevin completely. I think it was a decision that was made at the you know split second. I don't think there was a whole lot of uh, knowledge behind it. I think that I think Jay or whoever you know even told Jay to make that decision. If it was Jay it's himself, I, there was just a, was a split decision. I'm curious what happens moving forward. A lot of people, it's a mix. A lot of people think it's going to help the game. A lot of people think it's going to help uh, hurt it. Um, you know, Brandel Chambly said it's the saddest day in golf history or, or whatever his quote was. Um, but then you have guys on live right now, like Phil saying, I think it's going to help the game out tremendously. No one will know until actually stuff is being done. Um, and, and I just hope that it doesn't, I, I really hope it doesn't hurt the game moving forward. Cause we've been talking about it for years that the PGA is in a great spot. I see you down there, Andy. Uh, is it a great spot talent wise? And I really don't want it to um, kind of affect that moving forward. Yeah. I would just like to add that it's clear to me that Jay was totally caught yeah. off guard for this whole thing as well. I mean, it's, it's you know, possibly what ended up putting him away from work for a little while, right? All the stress and all that. Yeah. He clearly was owning up to be the hypocrite, um, I mean, he was not ready for this either. So the dynamics behind everything that that happened would be truly interesting to to understand and hear. But I, I, I just I just feel bad for Jay because I think I think he was he was backed into a corner here, it seems like to me. Yeah, he was he was definitely put in a, in a bad, bad position. I, and I, I have a great relationship with Jay and, and, and I. And if he is sick or, you know, any kind of medical thing he's got going on, I, I really hope it he gets better soon. But, yeah, he uh, – I wouldn't want to be him right now, that's for sure. The one, I'll tell you the one that caught me was uh, full, full Swing Part 2 was filming Rory when he looked down at his phone sitting in the locker room when, no he, got the, when he got the news. Yeah. They wanted. Uh, they tried to get full swing to go into the or try to get him into players meeting, but they uh, they didn't allow it. But apparently, they had like a player only meeting after Jay left, and I guess maybe they they went in and did some recording in there. But I um I already I have already left by then. <laughs> Supposedly, there was a meeting today too, right? Yeah, yeah, there is one actually. It's probably yeah, uh, it's probably over with now. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of it's all over social media right now. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Any truth that you're going to be in full swing part two? Just kidding. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> not that I know of. <laughs> well, 
That was all the questions and stuff that I had for Kev. Yeah, oh, it's uh, curious, Kevin. Um, I'm always, you know, my, my dad was a PGA pro. I started right in the crib, that type of thing. But uh, who started you in the game of golf? And, you know, as a side thing, it's pretty it's pretty obvious after tonight that you beating the hell out of Christian as a youth golfer helped your trajectory to get to the tour, <laughs> that confidence. Yeah, um, my dad, um, you know, obviously he, he was uh, a very good player in his own right. And, and um you know, I still I still send my dad swings every single uh, time I'm on the range, whether it's at a tournament or down here in Florida. That's so I cool. Mean, when he's down here, we we play a bunch, obviously, with my older brother. And um, so, yeah, I mean, my dad, he's he's been a huge influence, both swing wise and just mentor wise and everything. And uh, I do work with a guy down here in Tampa. Uh, his name is Dustin at Old Memorial. Um and he's uh, he he basically says the same thing as my dad, just worded different, which you know sometimes is you know you know as a golfer and a teacher and been around it forever, it's nice to maybe hear it a little a little differently. So um, yeah, between the two of them, I, I uh, you know I I mean like my I mean I, like I said I talk to my dad you know daily and um, he, yeah so he he got me started in it very young basically since I can remember. Yeah, I, I just want to know Kevin Kevin why didn't you go to USF? <laughs> um i don't know i was gonna i almost went to the university of tampa but my goal was to always play division one um so then we started looking around and and then hartford came calling and they were d1 and, and yeah. uh, then putre uh he decided to go out to long beach state and then uh yeah that was kind of a no-brainer that was he was, was pretty he cool. was so happy that you followed him like like super super happy that yeah, was, he. That was a big deal for him. He's awesome. He's. I. I still talk to him all the time. We. We were trying. He was working his tail off to try to get me a sponsor invite this week at the Travelers. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bill is a. He's a great guy, and and yeah. you know, we still we still keep in touch for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Kevin, I just want to echo something Bobby said. I mean, those crushing the crushing victory over Christian. I mean, it's relegated him to the charities circuit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I got to carry him most of the time. Also, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, right. I, I'm pretty sure last tournament you and I played in together. I think you played half the holes because <laughs> your son and I carried you all day, and you made a few putts, and that was it. Hey, so Alan, Alan so has funny. a Alan so has a function. That's oh, funny. Yeah, Alan right. has a function in life. It's pretty <laughs> simple. It's pretty narrow-minded, but it's all about making it win. I will win, I win the Tiger game. Woods Pop Stroke International. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Hey, if you guys ever want to get a, a huge chuckle, just Google or or even search on YouTube for the national putt putt competitions that uh, they used to have. Billy Packer used to do the commentary on it. And I'm telling you, it's some of the funniest shit you'll ever see. <laughs> Back in like 1980, the National Putt Putt stuff. Oh, but they're great. It's priceless. Wow. <laughs> hey, Kevin, you, uh, do you have a steady caddy on tour now, or how's the caddy situation, and how does that affect your play? Yeah, I do. Um, Jay Green is my caddy right now. He's uh, he's been with me for we're probably closing in on maybe ten weeks or so. Um, I had my, my buddy Jordan was caddying for me on corn Ferry tour. And, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's a, it was a little bit different ball game out in the PGA tour kind of needed an actual, you know, caddy who's, who's, who's been around for a little bit. And, and, uh, Jay's Jay's right around my age. He's, he's a great caddy, great kid. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we've, uh, I really enjoy, you know, being around him. He's a good golfer too, which always helps. So he, he can, there's yeah. no problem, you know, uh, voicing his opinion or, or voice, you know, giving a read or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy, uh, enjoy being with him so far. That's always something where you're between a, I don't know, call it a seven and a six iron, and the caddy has the gumption to say, hey, go with the seven or go or, you know, to really feel like he's there to help you, but not just like, hey, whatever you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. And he has, you know, and I, and I told him, I go, dude, I, I trust you you know, just as much as I trust myself. So 
if you think I'm hitting the wrong club, then please tell me. Because if I hit the wrong club and, and then you tell me after the round that you thought I hit the wrong club, you didn't call me off, and I'd probably be a little more upset. So, um, yeah, he, no, he's a he's a really good caddy. He's been out there for a bit. He um, he's won on the Corn Ferry Tour um, with with his his last player, and um, yeah, he's real good. And I'm gonna ask I was one, gonna... well one final question, Kevin. Just because where I am these days, and these guys give me a hard time. Do you have a favorite bourbon? <laughs> Ooh. Um, I, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a huge bourbon guy. I'll sip it every once in a while. I, I think I had this, was it called whistle pig? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I have a, I, I, someone gave me a bottle of whistle pig when I, uh, yeah. when I got my tour card and I've tried that before and, and it, it, it's good. I, I really like it, but I'm more of a, I'm more of a, a wine guy and, um, you know, like a cold beer or something. Like, I mean, I can't beat a cold beer, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might be part of our show, Alan, just the bourbon angle now. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, like I do it. like it. It's nice, especially if we're going to have a little cigar. A little cigar and bourbon is nice. Yeah. There you go. And you know what it goes out. really well with, Bobby? Some some Woodford bourbon with some Q hibiscus ginger beer. You're exactly right. It's a Kentucky mule. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> if we're going to work a shameless plug in, that's a good shameless segue right there, Andy Hydorn. <laughs> Christian, you were going to say something. No, I was just going to go off of just Bob, Bob, uh, Bourbon Bob really quick. Um, really, when do you like call in your caddy? Do you call more in on like the greens for a read? Do you like say, hey, you know, work more so like in the fairway? Like kind of like when do you – kind of go to him the most like during a round yeah so um i like it we both get yardages i always i've always gotten my yardages um i just don't think i'd be able to pull the trigger not getting the number myself um so we always go to two different uh yardage things in the fairway or the rough wherever we are pace it off and, and then compare numbers and then um you know, he, you know, I have a, you know, one of those district distance measuring device things or, you know, a quad or so he knows all my yardages for uh, irons and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, he kind of, uh, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I, I make the decisions, but, um, you know, I'll ask him I, if I'm in between a club, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get his opinion. Do you think it's, you know, a knockdown six or do you think it's a hard seven? And, um, and then as far as the greens, I mean, he, he's a, he, like I say, he's a good player. So he's always, he's always looking at the pot. Um, and he, he, he doesn't really um, give his opinion or anything unless I ask him, which is perfect. I mean, that's kind of just how I like it. You know, I, I, I always feel like the less information I have is, is probably better for my brain. Um, but um, yeah, so, but if I do ask him, I definitely, I, I trust his read. I mean, he, he, he knows how to read a green for sure. Awesome. Like, do, do you see yourself like getting with him more frequently now, like during the week, like leading up to a tournament, like, you know, like Rocket Mortgage, for example, like, are you going to get together with him, you know, say like this week, next week, and just kind of like do a little bit like work together before that tournament starts? Um, I, I, d I doubt we'll get together. He lives up in Sea Island. Um, okay. I doubt it right now just because of, you know, the baby situation. But I, I right. have done that in the past. We, we have uh, off weeks or something. We have gotten together and, you know, did some practice or just playing. Um, yeah, it's it definitely it's definitely nice that, you know, kind of, have them around but you know we we're around each other a lot obviously so monday tuesday wednesdays we're we're you know grinding pretty hard uh both on the course on the range and you know just getting dialed in for that week awesome so so kevin every uh every show we have a uh, segment we where because we've all been in the business whether it's running clubs or repping or playing or whatever the case may be where we say don't be that guy and Andy, Andy sent one out earlier. Andy, what was that one on social? You want to, or was that you that shared that one? Yeah, I, sh I shared it. Was okay. and, and the reason I shared it was because they were they were taking our IP there, saying don't be that guy. That, that's our right. thing. That's our um, thing. But it, but it was one of the competitors at at uh, LA Country Club was it was Cam, it was Cam. Yeah, Cam Smith. Cam? Cam Smith was on the box with, with Fitzpatrick standing yeah. beside him. Okay, and and it, he was ready to draw it back, and the marshal's phone was not on vibrate. It's going off. <laughs> so if you're so don't be that guy. 
if you're gonna be a marshal standing back there with the signs, yeah. <laughs> turn off your phone. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Classic. That happens. That happens so often. It's unbelievable. Uh, so oh. we have to ask. Do you want to? Do you want to throw in a guest one? Something the tour player that from a tour perspective, don't be that guy. Don't be that fan. Um, I had I had one yesterday. Um, actually, it was pretty funny. So obviously, at each each tournament, you have all these you know the volunteers and the, and the spotters and stuff. On the tenth hole yesterday, I had to drive down the middle of the fairway when we get up there, and the spotter went and put the flag next to my ball in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> And I looked at oh, my, I looked, I looked at Jay. I go, I go, Jay. I go. This is definitely a first one for me. I, I mean, I, I didn't. I thought I'd be able to find this one right down the middle. But you know, <laughs> so there it is. Yeah, <laughs> don't case. be that guy. Mar yeah. You know, marking the flag in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> well trained. Yeah, that's funny. All right, approaching the final green, Christian, eighteenth hole. Uh, actually, let's go to Bobby first. We'll come back to you, Christian. Oh, Bobby, final thoughts. I hate when you come to me first. Oh, geez, I don't know. Well, I'll just, let me just leave it at this. Thank you, Kevin, for being with us. We're rooting for you, pulling for you. Uh, you know, just relax. I have a couple of bourbons out there. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, seriously, we appreciate you coming on. We'll be rooting for you. And, um, you know, it's just uh, it's neat when somebody can get their dreams going and make it on the PGA tour. And uh, we want the best for you. And uh, we'll keep an eye on Christian. If you ever need a spot caddy, do not bring Christian. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> no, don't appreciate that. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Don't know. All right. I'd be, a, I'd be one of the, I'd be the best caddy on this podcast. <laughs> oh, really? okay. Oh, 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 we'll see. We'll see about All that. Right, maybe not. I caddy on the LPG tour for a little bit, so okay. Then I would definitely not be. We'll have to have a caddy tryout. Yeah, <laughs> we could. We could work. We could do that. Go ahead, Andy. <laughs> what you got? So, uh, a couple things about LA Country Club, um, and it it absolutely blows my mind that there were several par fours over 520 yards and one of them on i believe it was 16 maybe was playing 558 on saturday um and that just blows my mind and you know i think the the interesting part of that is there's there's a balance and a dynamic between you know fairways that are running hard and fast and the width of the fairways and, you know, the lack of rough and, and all that stuff. But you put all that stuff aside, it still blows my mind that they're playing holes that are 558-yard par fours. That, that's just that's – 299 par threes. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll take the 500-plus par fours over 300 par three any day of the week. Yeah, right. Um, but my, my last point is – and we touched about this a little bit earlier on um, if you're going to get someplace like LA country club to host an event like a U.S. open, it's almost like you did a deal with the devil, you know, and you begged him so much and everything was on their terms to a point where yeah. it wasn't really like a U.S. open. And, you know, it, as cool as it was to be there at LA country club, the golf course is, super cool and interesting and all that stuff. Is it really worth it at the end of the day? I don't, I don't think it is. I would agree. I, I would agree with that for sure. I, um, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it'd be a fun everyday course to play. Um, but I, I, I would totally agree. I, I was a little disappointed in, uh, in the, the scores that were shot. I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, they tried to hype it up like it was going to play hard and, you know, when Xander and uh, whoever the other guy was that shot the eight unders, I go, oh, yeah, they, Ricky. they, they ain't Ricky. playing that hard. Or Ricky, yeah. Christian, came back to you. Yeah, it came back to me. Thanks. Um, you know, first and foremost, Cavs, thanks again for coming on, man. We, we really greatly appreciate it. You know, I can tell you right now, you're uh, 
making you're making Q's proud, man. We're we're all rooting for you here. We're all hoping the best for you. And uh, like I mentioned earlier in the show, you know, your first win's coming very soon. And um, you know, we have no doubt that that's going to be happening. Hopefully this season. And we're just continue just to keep kicking butt, man. Honestly, I mean, you're doing really well, and I know that your time's coming. So, thank you, uh, really much for uh, for hopping on here tonight. I know we went a little longer than what we initially talked about, but no, we really appreciate it. At the end of the day, yeah, absolutely, man. I I had fun talking with you guys. I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's do it again sometime for sure. We would love that. Do you have any final thoughts yourself before I I, I fire one away? Uh, I mean, I was thank you guys for having me on. I, I like I said, I enjoyed talking with you all, and um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully the next uh, news we get of our favorite topic, live, we can uh, we can jump back on here and discuss <laughs> yeah. it a little bit oh, more. We would love but, that. Absolutely, um, you're on, kid. You're on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate it, guys. It, it, it's been fun talking for sure. Absolutely. And my my final thought is uh, actually to the ladies' door. Ladies uh, PGA this week, I believe, Bobby, right? Yep. PGA. Be some good action to watch. And, Andy, to your point, wide fairways, USGA, don't mix. And I think that's why you can only get 14,000 patrons out there. So, other than that, Christian, hit it long and straight, son, because it beats you hitting it short and crooked. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.